Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now for our featured speaker, Chloe Davis. Well, welcome church. Uh, I'm excited to share the word with you tonight. If I don't know you, my name is Chloe and I am on staff here. And we're just gonna hop right into it. So we've been in a series talking about heroes of faith, heroes of faith, and uh, really the, this this passage this uh, this series was inspired by the Hebrews 11 passage, where it's a great hall of faith, the hall of, hall of faith that's talked about in Scripture. And so I want to start there tonight. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Abraham and Sarah, and so I want to start with looking at uh, the passage in Hebrews 11 that talks about. Abraham and Sarah. So that's where we're going to begin. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land that God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Okay, great start. So Abraham's story is in the book of Genesis, and there are about 14 chapters uh, that explain just the story of Abraham. And then if you include all of his family members and the people (laughs) that descend from him in his lineage, it takes about 80% of the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis is about 50 chapters. So we can't cover the whole story of Abraham tonight, uh, but we're gonna get into a little bit of it, okay? So uh, there's actually an interesting passage in Joshua chapter 24 that we're gonna start as a little bit of a backstory for Abraham's life. Uh, Joshua chapter 24, verses two and three, Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants, through his son Isaac. So Joshua's explaining this to the people, that's a message from the Lord, and he's, the Lord is saying that he took Abraham's family who lived beyond the Euphrates River and where they worshiped other gods, and he brought them into the land of Canaan where they began to learn how to worship the one true God. Okay, so he gave him many descendants through his son Isaac, and that's how the passage ends. So I want you to know that tonight, just to prep you for those of you that take notes, I have six points for you, okay? So Abraham's family, we know from that Joshua passage that his family was known to worship other gods and to be worshiping other gods when the Lord took Abraham and led him into the land of Canaan. So that's what we know based on the Joshua passage. So what was Abraham doing when he was elected to be the father of the Jewish nation? He was worshiping other gods. His family, the people in his immediate family were worshiping other gods beyond the Euphrates River. So the Lord takes someone who is in the line of idol worshipers and he makes him to be in the line of Jesus. The Luke 3 lineage, so Luke 3 has a whole lineage. The Luke 3 lineage starts with Jesus, son of Joseph. It ends with Adam, son of God. Luke 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 34, right in the middle. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. So we have Jesus on one side, 
Adam, son of God, on the other, and then right in the middle, we see that Abraham is in the lineage of Jesus. Matthew chapter one, verse one, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Jesus was known to be a descendant of David and Abraham. Point number one, we know from Abraham's story that the Lord is a redeemer. He can take an idol worshiper and make him the father of a nation and give him many descendants in which also will worship the Lord. But here's the thing, it was Abraham's obedience to God that put him in a place to change his ancestral lineage. So in Genesis chapter 11, Abram's father, Terah, begins to head toward Canaan with Abram before Abraham's name was, was changed, Abram to Abraham, and Sarai, which was Abram's uh, wife and his grandson Lot. But they settled in a land called Haran uh, instead, and that's where Abram's father died. So they, they moved from one land to another, and they settled in a land called Haran, so they never made it to Canaan uh, because his father died, Abram's father died. So. Uh, the land of Canaan was where Abram's father was trying to take them, but they didn't exactly make, make, make it there. They settled in Haran. So Abram's story starts in Genesis 12, right after, this is just explained at the end of Genesis 11, when the Lord tells Abram to leave his native country, his relatives, his father's family, and go to a land that the Lord is going to show him, Canaan. Finish the expedition that your father started, go further than he did, the Lord tells Abram that he's going to give this land, the land of Canaan, to Abram's descendants. Abram's father settled before his family got to Canaan, but Abram changed the direction of his ancestral lineage by continuing the journey his father had started and going where God had told him to go. He left his native country, he left his relatives and his father's family to go where the Lord was calling him to go. Number two, obedience is a pathway to blessing because you're unified within yourself and you reap what you sow. You're no longer unstable in all of your ways when you know you're living right. <laughs> and the consequence of obedience and the, the positive consequence of obedience is blessing. In Abraham's case, his blessing was receiving the land of Canaan. Genesis chapter 12, verse four. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abraham was, was 75 years old when he left Haran. When Abram first says yes to God, based on what we have in scripture, he was 75 years old. Okay, and so we don't know if, if Abram had previously said yes to God, but you know at this point, as he's moving into the land of, land of Canaan, he said yes to God. Number three, obedience is not a respecter of persons. The Lord does not ask obedience of anyone based on their age, based on their rank, based on their gender, based on their occupation. Obedience is obedience. It's obedience. <laughs> and Abraham's story of obedience doesn't necessarily begin until age 75. We don't know of him being obedient before the age of 75. And then we look at Sarah's story, which is, is similar in regard to age. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Okay, did, did I read the same story about Sarah that the Holy Spirit read when he inspired the words written in Hebrews? Did the Holy Spirit remember how the story went down when Hebrews 11 was being written? I'm gonna remind you, <laughs> Genesis 18, verses 10 through 15, some visitors are, are with uh, Sarah and Abraham at their home. 
Then one of them said, one of the visitors, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband is also so old. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. <laughs> so the Lord comes back and says, Sarah, you, you did laugh. But anyways, we see, in, we see in Hebrews 11 that she's known uh, for having faith because she believed that God would keep his promise. Well, we see in, in that moment right there, she, she laughed at the, the promise of God that would, would come. So when Sarah heard that she would have a son, she laughed to herself and the Lord rebuked her. Yet when the Holy Spirit inspires the words in Hebrews 11, she's remembered for believing that God would keep his promise. Number four, the Lord rewrites our story in the light of faith. Sarah was not remembered for her failure. She was remembered for her faith. Her moment of weakness was overshadowed by her moments of faith. I remember when I was in a youth group during my senior year of high school here, and uh, Josh, our youth pastor, told me all the time, you know, he'd be like, you're gonna, uh, you should go into full-time ministry. Uh, you're gonna be a full-time ministry, and like, and you're gonna, you're gonna preach to people, and you know, people are gonna listen, and uh, every time he would tell me that, and he told me that a lot, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> uh, like Sarah, I laughed. And uh, I remember uh, when I, felt the, the Holy Spirit uh, stirring my heart to preach uh, for the first time when I was a sophomore in college. And I told the Lord I didn't want to. Um, and it was like, anyone else but me, God, <laughs> okay? Um, and if, if you know me personally, I'm very introverted. Uh, I prefer the one-on-one -on -one conversations. I prefer the two or three people. Um, but this is what I told the Lord. I told the Lord, anyone but me, God, please don't choose me, anyone but me, uh, and look where I am now. And so, you know, it's like we can laugh at the things of God, but his promise comes to fulfillment when we walk in obedience. And I thank God that I'm not remembered for my moments of weakness, but I'm remembered for my moments of faith. When I did my first panel Sunday, Pastor, Tim's walk, Pastor Tim walks off stage and he's like, oh, that was great. And I'm over here thinking, oh my gosh, I was literally like shaking the whole time, like all jittery. And, but you know, again, it's, I'm remembered for my moments of faith and not my moments of weakness. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that he is a redeemer that gets to walk me through that process and that our faith gets to grow over time, throughout time. Not defined by the moments in which we fall short of the glory of God, but instead we are defined by the faith that grows out of those moments. So now we know the story of Abraham. Uh, Abraham eventually, he receives his son Isaac, which is the promise in which, uh, in which God has promised him and how he will fulfill the promise of, of all of the descendants he receives a son at his old age. Uh, but he receives a son after 25 years of waiting Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15, talk about how Abraham waited patiently uh, in this whole process. Uh, and the Isaac of promise is, the promise of Isaac is the fulfilled promise. And then the Lord asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Genesis 22, sometime later, after Isaac is born, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called, yes, he replied, here I am. 
Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. It was the next morning that Abraham got up and started on a three-day journey to sacrifice his son, to walk in obedience to what God had asked him to do. Abraham was given the opportunity to be obedient and walk by faith. When we are presented with the option to be obedient, we are given an opportunity. A test from a good God is an opportunity, and we will only see it as such when we trust him. We see Abraham's trust in God again expressed in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Abraham goes and offers Isaac as a sacrifice when God tests him. And Abraham, who had already received some of God's promises, remember the land of, land of Canaan, he had received the land of Canaan, he's ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, which he understood as the fulfillment of the promise of many descendants. And Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. Abraham reasoned, reasoned another way in which we could explain the word reasoned, he made sense of, he thought it to be logical that God would be able to bring Isaac back to life again. Abraham had built a history of walking with God and walking by faith. And because of that, he knew who God was. So he knew what God was capable of doing, and ultimately he trusted God. You see, when we, when we walk with the Lord, and we, when we take simple steps of, of small obedience every day, James 4.17 says that it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. When we recognize that there is something that we should do, and then we walk in obedience to that still small voice that says, for me, it's picking up trash. <laughs> I will walk by a piece of trash, and the Holy Spirit says, pick up that trash. And I'm like, I have to pick up the trash, because if I don't, I'm a litterer. Uh, even though I didn't drop the trash, I just can't do it. I have to pick up the trash. Okay, but it's the, it's the still small voice of God that says, hey, do this. Hey, do this. Hey, go talk to this person. Hey, let's pray for this person. Hey, ask this person how they're doing. It's, it's those small things. And as we build up a history of saying yes to God in the small things, we're presented with opportunities in which we can be obedient that, that grow further. With those, those that are faithful with little will be given much, right? And so he knew who God was because he had been walking with God. He had, uh, he had history with God, just like you, you walk with a person and you get to know a person. Over time, as you converse, as you 
hang out, as you go get dinner, as you go get coffee, whatever you do with your people, um, you know, maybe some horseback riding or some golf, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But you know, as you do your thing with your people, you build a history with them. And as you build a history with them, you trust them. And it's the same, it's the same way with God. God innately designed us that way to desire to build a history with people so we can trust them uh, and, be, and be transparent with them because we know them. As you get to know a person, it's easier to trust them, right? And so this is what Abraham did. He had a history with God, and over time, he learned how to trust God. And so when God said, go sacrifice your only son Isaac, who is the only way in which you can see my promise fulfilled, Abraham reasoned. He thought it to be logical. He made sense of, yeah, I can do that because God has the capability of bringing my son back again. Faith, number five, faith will require trust. Do you know the Lord's character? Do you know that he's for you and he's not against you? Do you know that the father gives good gifts to his children? Do you trust him? Do you know the Lord's character? Not a, I know it because I've read it, but I, I, I know it because I've experienced it, because I've walked through it, because I've said yes to God in the small things, and I've seen how he's been faithful. And so as he asked me to step in more faith, I am capable of doing so because I've built this history with God, because I trust him, I can depend on him, and I can rely on him, just like I would a good friend, just like I would a spouse, just like I would someone that I really, truly trust. Romans chapter four, verse 17. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham believed in the God who would bring the dead back to life. And even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And he believed that he would be the father of many nations. Even as he trekked up that mountain, as he made the journey for three days, he still believed that he would be the father of many nations because it was what the Lord had promised him. And Abraham's faith did not weaken throughout time. And he never wavered in believing God's promise to him, even when it looked like he was going to, to lose the promise that God had made to him. And his faith grew stronger throughout time. And in this, as his faith grew stronger, he brought glory to God. So again, it's that as we build history, our faith grows in him. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Number six, we must be fully convinced. 
Abraham's faith did not weaken, but it grew over time. Just as Sarah, in her moment of weakness, it turned into a moment of faith as it's described in Hebrews 11. And I look at that and I'm like, I don't know how the Lord could describe that as a, as a moment of faith, but he does because, again, our moments of faith overshadow our moments of weakness. And so as our faith grows over time, as it grows stronger, as both Abraham and Sarah's did, we have the opportunity to have our faith overshadow moments of past weakness. Abraham's faith did not weaken, it grew over time. He never wavered in believing God's promise. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Faith is being fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. It's being fully convinced. And Abraham's life, as we see in Scripture, is an example of this. Abraham was fully convinced that God would do what he said he was going to do. This was built over a history of time that he recognized that he could trust God. It was through him recognizing that the Lord was a redeemer, that even though he used to worship idols in the land past the Euphrates River, that once he had traveled to the lane of Canaan after his father Terah died, that the Lord had redeemed his ancestral lineage and that from him many descendants would come and now he's also a part of the lineage of Jesus. He took an idol worshiper and made him the father of a nation. Obedience is a pathway to blessing because we're unified within ourselves and we reap what we sow. And in Abraham's case, he gained the land of Canaan. And as he continued to walk in obedience, as he took his son Isaac up the mountain, he eventually, he eventually sowed many uh, descendants because of what he, he reaped many descendants because of what he sowed, because he sowed obedience and he reaped a blessing. Obedience is not a respecter of persons. Abraham was obedient at 75. We can be obedient at five, and we can be obedient at 15, and 25, and 35, and it's not a respecter of persons. And the Holy Spirit, the Lord actually created us with a conscience. And it says in Romans that, uh, that we've been created with a conscience where basically we know the difference between right and wrong, and so even little ones, even our little ones know what, obe know what obedience looks like, know, know very fundamental, foundational between right and wrong, and obedience is not a respecter of persons. Uh, Abraham was obedient at 75. Uh, the Lord rewrites our story in the light of faith, and this is such a beautiful picture of the redemption of Christ, that he can take a weakness, that he can take something in our past, um, that maybe is not the most beautiful thing and he can make it beautiful again. And he can turn, what they say, a mess into a message. Uh, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And so what the Lord has done in your life, it will, when you speak of it, it prophesies to other people. And this is what the story of Abraham and Sarah and all these heroes of faith does for us. We see that the Lord rewrites our story in the light of faith. Sarah was not remembered for her failure, she was remembered for her faith. She was not remem remembered for the moment in which she laughed at the Lord, at the, at the words that were spoken about her having a son. She was remembered for believing that God would fulfill his promise. Faith requires trust in the one who we have faith in. In order to walk in faith, we must also walk in trust of the one we proclaim to have faith in. We must build a history, and the thing is, history takes time. So we must be willing to put in the time, to put in the work, to build history with God, just like we would 
Let's go get dinner. Let's go get coffee. Just as we would initiate conversations, as we would initiate plans with a friend, we want to initiate with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And finally, we must be fully convinced, like Abraham was fully convinced. Abraham and Sarah, they were heroes of faith. And this is some of the things that they walked in. We have so much scripture about them. Um, These are just a few things. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that we get to walk in obedience to you, that we get to have faith in you, and that, Lord, throughout time, we get to build history with you. What a sweet thing to know you one day and to know you deeper the next. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would put a desire in our hearts to build history with you, where we can trust you like Abraham trusted you as he trekked up that mountain and took that journey for three days to sacrifice his son. Lord, we thank you that you are a redeemer, and we thank you, God, that you take our moments of weakness and you make them into moments of faith. So, Lord, I thank you that that, um, that's driven by obedience. And so, Lord, would you give us hearts that want to be obedient to you, not because um, we do it for you, but because we love you, Lord. And so, God, I thank you that we are, um, we're lovers before we're workers, that we're lovers before we're laborers, Lord. Um, we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word and the way uh, that it speaks to us still, the way that it is living, God. Um, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for who you are. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.